I'm trying to uh, double check and triple check and quadruple check what I feel this morning. I'll give you a choice. I could preach a little cute message and we can go down and eat donuts. Or we can uh, see something happen here today. I um, I've stood up here this morning and um, have increasingly became more and more agitated in my spirit. And I've done this long enough to know that when you feel those things, at least for me, it doesn't mean that you're feeling flesh. There's a difference in the Bible. Even God differentiates between fleshly things and spiritual things. Not just from the simple standpoint of flesh and spirit, but even in our behavior, he dealt with sins of the flesh differently than he dealt with sins of the spirit. Saul, King Saul, was judged harshly for what he did, yet David seemingly doing worse was dealt with grace and mercy. Seems to be a uneven playing field there, why would God judge Saul for simply praying out of turn and not killing a few sheep? And why would he deal with David so harshly or so easily after David had committed adultery and had, uh, had someone killed? The fact of the matter is that God is so graciously patient with all of us in our faults and our failures. Amen and thank God for that. We would not be here today. I would not be here today. I can't speak for you. I would not be standing here today if it wasn't for the long-suffering patience of God. The fact of the matter is that He loves me and is patient with me in spite of what I do. It's one thing to make a mistake on accident, but it's another thing to do something knowing what you're doing is wrong. It's one thing to just stumble over something, but it's another thing to make a deliberate choice and a deliberate act to do something. Obviously, our penal system judges someone based on if it was a crime of the moment or if it was something that they thought about, premeditated, planned out. But I'm so glad that even in my premeditation and my planning and my scheming and my fleshly ways that His patience is so overwhelming. And so today I look across and I see many people in this room that are dealing with things of your life. You're dealing with difficult situations. You're dealing with things at home. You're dealing with mistakes and failures that you've done, others have done, and you're doing your best by the help and grace of God to make your, to get through those things. And, and, and 
for all of you, I commend you. And I say, let's keep going forward as the Lord leads us. But then there's another part in here, and that's what I'm feeling this morning. And I had Sister Bailey sing that song because I wanted to give a little more, kind of like David playing the harp before Saul. I wanted to see if the music would calm me down. But I kept feeling it and kept shaking it. And there's something in this room today that is just driving me crazy. It's one thing for us to come to a church where we practice religion and we're just going to come here to hear a, to sing a few songs and we're going to go through the motions and we're going to go home. If that's what we want, there's a lot of churches that do it better than we do. There's a lot of churches that sing better than we do. There's a lot of preachers that preach better than me or whoever else gets in this pulpit. They have better, better, better facilities, nicer facilities. They've got it all going on. If that's what we need, let's go all find somewhere else to go to church. I can think of four or five that within a little reasonable drive here, you walk up and their facilities are breathtaking. Their, 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 all their, their audiovisual, all the stuff is just amazing. If that's what we want, let's go find that. But it's one thing to be a part of that and have that expectation. But we have a different expectation, or we should have a different expectation when we come here. Because we're not coming to church. I know we say that because that's the thing we say. We're coming to church. But we're not coming to church. This is not church. We are church. We're not coming to church today. I know that's what we say when we tell our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, or what do you do? Well, I'm going to church Sunday. And I know, I'm not saying don't stop saying that. That's what they say. That's what people understand. But this is not church. We could be meeting out in the field. We could be meeting at the mall. After church Sunday night, we have enough people shopping at Safeway. If we started singing a few songs, we could have church there. We don't come to come to church. We come together because when we come together, something is supposed to transpire that doesn't happen when we're by ourselves. Because the Bible says, and I know we know it, and you'll give me a little hand clap, but when are we going to actually believe? Wherever two or three are gathered together in my name... That tells me that I can get something from God when I'm with you that I can't get when I'm by myself. So let's just get that part settled. We, if you've come here today, and I don't mean this to be uh, 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 condescending, I don't mean this to be antagonistic, but if you come here today to do your weekly religious duty, we are so thankful you're here. We hope that you continue to come here. But that's not what we're about. At least that's not what I'm about. I can't speak for everyone in this room. But when did what happened when, when, when they came to the tomb of Jesus? Right? And they're looking at it. And guess what? We just celebrated last week. I'm not going back there uh, uh, today. But when they went to the tomb of Jesus and they were looking, what did the angels say why are you looking for the living 
among the dead. And what I don't get for the life of me, it's one thing for someone to come here that doesn't know anything, that's never experienced the power of God, that doesn't know what it's like to have their sins washed away. It doesn't know what it's like to feel the power of God touch them. It doesn't know what it's like to feel chains broken off and feel bondage release and have things move and healing and all that. It's one thing for them to come and look around and not really know what's going on and walk out going, well, I don't really understand all that. I don't know if I'll ever be back. That's one thing for them to say that. But for you and I, I, who have tasted, not only tasted, but have experienced and can testify that what God has done in our lives. And we have the battle scars and we've got the evidence, not just a fancy story, but we've got families that were shattered that have been put back together again. We've got individuals that were shattered that have been put back together again. We've got people that were bound but have been set free. It's one thing for someone who doesn't understand that. But it's another thing for someone like us who've experienced the living to go searching the dead. You heard me tell this story. Some of you did several... Months ago now, is back, actually now it's been last fall, but I'm going to tell it again. A friend of mine, there was, for years, years, I don't think they do it, it's, it's kind of lost a little bit of its steam um, for several reasons. For years, they had huge crusades in the country of Ethiopia. And when I say big, we think, you know... Um, Tens of thousands. I'm literally talking about hundreds of thousands. In fact, I know there were several times they estimated the crowd to be uh, 750,000 higher. I mean, literally, when you looked at the pictures of it, you couldn't see where the crowd ended. It was just, it was just immense, the amount of people. And they had times where they would have... 30 and 40,000 people received the Holy Ghost. And it was just an amazing time. And so this friend of mine that, that tells this story, he finally had heard about all this and, and, and wanted to experience it. And so they finally invited him to come and to be a part of this great crusade. And he was so excited. And so he, he waited with great anticipation. And when he got there um, to, to, the, uh, to, the, to the main to the capital city of Ethiopia and they checked in their hotel for the night because they had to go the next day take a, like a four or five hour bus ride out to this big open area where they could have the crusade and he was so excited he couldn't barely sleep and the next day they got up and they got on the bus and for four hours they drove and they talked about all the great things and the miracles and, 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 and literally it was the type where they would, have, they would bring people uh, uh, from the villages this was documented actually they, they've got they've they've got it on video somewhere that they've they brought a, a person from a village on the back of a, a truck that was dead and brought him there and laid him in the altar and God resurrected him right there. I mean, it's just one of those times of just an amazing, amazing season of the moving of God. And so he was so excited to be a part of this and see this. And the next day for four hours, he heard all these stories. And he finally gets out there and when they get off. They open up the, the doors of the, the, uh, the bus and he gets out and he's greeted by a crowd of thousands and they're chanting and they're singing and it's kind of like the sea parts open and they walk to the platform and 
I mean, it's just this incredible moment, and it's so exciting, and thousands of people, and, and the platform was built, obviously, because there wasn't any seating, it was just big open fields, so the platform was built 20, 15, 20 feet in the air, it's really high up platform, so they could see out that far, and they climb up on the platform, and he peers out over this crowd, and just, just in awe of the people that were still coming, they hadn't even got all there, they were still streaming in. And so he was just ready to go. He was just ready to just be a part of that and jump in and see what God's going to do. And after a few moments, they started bringing up these people to sing. And they didn't sound so good. It didn't sound great singing. It was just kind of... And nothing seemed to be happening. It didn't, just kind of seemed to be falling flat a little bit. And then after a while, they'd bring up uh, uh, someone to speak. And they'd get up and speak. And it just... They would kind of ramble on for a little bit and, and uh, then someone else would come up and they wouldn't sing. They would, they'd sing a little bit and it wasn't very good and then have someone else come. And this happened for like two hours and it was getting hot in that Ethiopian sun. It was starting to get hot. And after a while, he's starting to think, okay, what have, you know, was, have they tricked me here? Have they missed it? You know, what's going on? And, you know, I'm here, this big event, this big moment and, you know, what, what in the world is happening and, and uh, he, he leaned over to the person that was next to him that traveled with him and said, you know, do you feel anything? He said, no, I don't feel nothing. This is just, it, it's nothing's going on here. After like three hours of this, all of a sudden, this group jumps up and starts to, just to scream and, 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 and shout. All of a sudden, he got excited because he thought, well, maybe something's about to break forth. Maybe they've just been waiting for the right moment. And he watched this group jump up and start to shout, this is it, there's the moment. After a few moments, they sit down. He said, well, maybe they're just getting warmed up here. A few minutes later, over there, another group jumps up and shouts, man, woo, he's ready, I mean, ready to go. Then they sit down. And then the third group, they jump up. And, and about the fourth group that jumped up and shouted, he started to realize, wait a minute, they're moving around and jumping, I don't feel anything. So finally, he got the nerve, he went over to the, to one of the, 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 uh, the pastors uh, the, there and, and asked her, he asked her, he said, he said, listen, in all respect to what all has gone on here, I don't feel anything. And, and I'm asking you, you got to tell me what's going on here. Because this is kind of really, really, really puzzling me. And I'm waiting for God to do great things, and there seems to me nothing going on. And she began to laugh. And he thought, well, is she making fun of me? So she's laughing. She said, oh, don't worry about it. He said, what do you mean, don't worry about it? He said, no, don't worry about it. He's like, okay, well, you've got to explain to me what's happening. She goes, we've learned something. We've come here now for many years, and they had come to this big open field for many years. And she said, this is what we learned, is that when you leave a place abandoned for a period of time, when you bring all of these people back together, what we found is that the Spirit of God would begin to move and people would begin to, 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 to make noise and 
God would begin to do great things, and then the sun would begin to beat down, and the heat would begin to rise. And what we learned is, while we were gone and abandoned this place, there were snakes that began to live in the grass and in the holes. And when people would begin to worship, and the noise would begin to erupt, and the heat would begin to come, the snakes would begin to come out of the grass and bite people, and she said, it would begin to hinder the service. You think? <laughs> so she said, what we learned is this. We've learned that if we come early, because you see, if you notice, people are, they're still coming. But if we come here a little early, and we let some people that are new, that don't really know how to sing that well, and we let some new people that are just learning how to minister, let them all have a chance, and we get them a chance to kind of get their feet wet. But the meantime, as we are out here, and we worship a little bit, and the sun begins to beat down, the snakes will become the, become the, to, to, uh, to, to come out of the ground. And what you don't see is, is that when they do that, we take care of them. And he said, right about that time, another group jumped up, and he didn't even realize it. He wasn't even paying attention. But he jumped up, and as they began to erupt, he saw ushers come from different places in the audience, and they pulled out these machetes out of their, un underneath their robe, and they would just reach down and pop the head of that snake off, and everybody would sit back down. And I promise, none of our ushers have any kind of... In case you're wondering, we carry no weapons. But she made this statement. She says, we come here to get the snakes out of the grass. And in my spirit today, and I know this is not, and my brain's telling me this is not the day to do it, but I can only go with what I feel there are some of you that I am sick and tired of watching you come in here bound and leave bound. I can't come down there and, and grab you and shake you free. But is there anything in anybody today that says, you know what, I am tired of living like this. I'm tired of being like this. I'm tired of letting fear. I'm tired of letting doubt. I'm tired of letting depression. I'm tired of letting anger. I'm tired of letting addiction. I'm tired of letting lust control me. I need God to get a hold of me. And we can sit here and I can come up with some cute messages and we can talk about some cool things and we can go through the Bible and get some neat stuff that you'll go, wow, that's neat. But you'll walk out of here the same way to the same problem, feeling the same way, but by the authority of the word and by the power of the name of Jesus. It's time today, it's the will of God today for somebody to shake off some things in your life and walk out of here changed. I'm going to preach to somebody today till I make you mad or make you change. 
And I'm not preaching to you in your flesh. I'm preaching to that thing that's got you bound, that's got you blind, that's got you eat up, locked up, tied up. It's time that you finally realize, I can't go beyond where I'm at. There's got to be something that begins to take place. Shake me free from this. I don't want to live like this anymore. We've been dealing with some things in our house, some things in the last month that have started happening, some things that we've been dealing with, and we've been trying our best to deal with it this way and deal with it that way, and it doesn't matter how we deal with it. It seems to just continue to cycle through and get worse. And finally, last night, we'd had enough of it. And my wife and I sat down together and we said, this is enough and it's enough and it's enough. And we got down on the side of our bed and we began to take authority in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ over things in our house, things that had gotten in our house. And we began to say, you know what? We refuse... Hey, listen, if you want it to be that way, it's a free country. You can live this way. But if there's something down inside of you that says, listen, I don't want this to go on like this anymore. Jesus said to the woman at the well, he said, if you drink from this water, you will thirst again. But if you drink from the water that I give you, you'll never thirst again. Notice this. The first well was a continual drinking. There's one thing that happens inside of us when we begin to look for answers outside of God. We truly are never satisfied. Let me stop for a moment here. If you continue to allow your flesh to be the dominant source of your life, your flesh is never satisfied. The most dangerous thing someone can ever say is, oh, I can control it. Oh, don't worry, I, I, can, I can handle it. No, others can't handle it, but, but I can control it. It's just one here, and it's just doing this there, and it, it's just going there. You know, others may not be able to watch that, but I can watch it. I'm not going to be affected by it. Others can do that, but, but you know, I, but I can do that. Not The problem is, yeah, you may be able to in the moment, but the problem is flesh is never truly satisfied. Flesh begins to crave more, crave for deeper, crave for greater, crave for a, for, a, for a more thrilling experience. But Jesus said to that woman, if you drink from this well, you're going to thirst again. But if you drink from the well, I'm going to give you. You'll never thirst again. But the problem is, a lot of us become like that field in Ethiopia. We've abandoned some things. We've abandoned some ways, some, some things that we used to do and, 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 and things that we used to hold dear. We've abandoned them and now we've allowed things to infest those areas. You see, last week I was praying. 
before service, and I, I was praying this. I was saying, Lord, let your spirit move. Let your spirit move in this place today. And I'm walking around here early in the morning last week before everyone got here, and I'm walking around the auditorium, and I'm praying, Lord, let your spirit move. Let your spirit move in this place. And he stopped me. He said, why are you praying that? I'm like, isn't that what I'm supposed to pray? Let your spirit move. He said, do you honestly think that I'm up here today trying to decide whether or not I'm going to move or not? Do you think I'm just sitting up here waiting around going, you know what, is, should I or shouldn't I today? Is today a good day? And you're asking me, let my spirit move as if I'm going to make a choice. He said, if you get the atmosphere right, my spirit will automatically move. And some of us are asking God, God, let your spirit work in my life. Let you do this. Let this. As if God is sitting back today trying to go through the crowd and say, well, should I touch you? Man, maybe not today. You, well, not you. Especially not you. Uh, that's what we feel like, right? And it's like we're winning the spiritual lottery today, right? And we come to church and we just hope and pray that our number is called. Is it going to be my day today? Is it going to be my day, my day? Because I really need it. Come on, mama needs a new pair of shoes. I got to have it today. Come on, I got to have it. It's, come on, my day, my day. And we wait. And it, well, it didn't have for me and have for them. Maybe not my, my day. We, and that, we laugh, but it's the truth. That's exactly the way we do it. We come and we just hope that somehow today it will be my day. And we, because we need it, we know we need something, we just hope. As if God's sitting up there saying, well, let's see here, there's 250 people today. My quota today is 10%. I need 25. 25. Let me sprinkle some Holy Ghost dust on the 25 out there that it falls on, and we'll see who it hits. Why? Is that really, truly... Do we honestly believe that's the way God operates? Yes or no? Can we at least get a... Thank you. <laughs> if you're not listening, at least fake it. So, right? We don't believe that, right? We believe He doesn't operate like that. So, what is our job? Our job is to get the atmosphere right for God to move in our lives. What is that? Faith. Faith. Oh, we know that already. No, we don't know that already. Because what we're interpreting as faith isn't faith. Because we are passing off prayer as faith, but our prayer is not really faith because if you listen to our prayer, it's not really faith prayer. Lord, if you would help me today. God, you know I need it. You know what I'm going through. If you would just help me today, I really could use your help today. Is that really faith? You know what that's really trying to do, God? God, you know how bad it is. Now, you may not feel sorry for me right now, but let me tell you, everything's going on, how bad it really is. 
We had a fight this morning. Last night was terrible. I stubbed my toe. My hair didn't work out. This outfit I have on doesn't look good. All of this is going on. Now, you know I can't have that bad of a day. You've got to help me. That's, what, that's literally what it sounds like in God's ear. It's that faithless. And then we expect God to move. I told you I'm going to get a preach to make someone happy or make them mad. I'm going to get one. We're not going to have an in-between crowd today. I better pass out donuts at the end to make everyone happy again. <laughs> I'm going to go down and man the donut table. Donut for a smile. Donut for a smile. But if we truly have a need and we truly believe God is the one that can meet that need, then what is missing in the equation? The only thing missing in the equation is for me to truly exercise my faith. And how do I exercise my faith? He said, speak to the mountain. Stop asking the mountain to move. Stop begging the mountain to move and speak to the mountain. Oh, Jesus. Stop asking God to do it. Stop asking things to change and start speaking things into existence. You say, well, I don't know if I can do that. You know what? You may not be able to do that because you may have so many snakes in your grass and too much junk in you that every time you begin to make some noise they get out of the grass and bite you and mess with the Holy Ghost that's working in your life so let's do two things today let's let God begin to move in this place let's let the heat of the Holy Ghost begin to rise so that we can take care of things so that we as the children of God baptized in his name filled with his spirit begin to become Because you know what? If I'm truly the child of God and my father sent me to the store when I was living at home and said, son, I authorize you to go to the store and get this and get that and get this. When I went to the store and I found those items, I didn't have to then call back to my father and say, please, dad, can I get these things? Because his response to me would be, why are you asking to buy these things? I already authorized you to get these things. So the only reason why I would call back to ask him was because I really wouldn't trust the relationship I had with father and son. So if he authorized me to go to the store, gave me the means to go there and the finances to purchase whatever I needed at that store, I wouldn't then have to go back and ask him for that. I'm not talking about name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. We're not talking about come up to the air and we'll just call out Mercedes and, and Rolls Royce and all that. We're not talking about that. But God has authorized you as his child to be able to speak things, to begin to say things. 
Do you know what happens when you begin to pray? When you begin to pray, you know what changes first in prayer? I change. And I change before I ever see anything externally begin to change. Because we are fleshly beings. We are conditioned to judge everything off of what we see, what we touch, what we taste, what we feel, what we hear. The five senses. And everything we do is based off that. And so, until it's manifested in our senses, we have a hard time believing it's the case. Because if I say to you, there's something over there, until I see it, it's hard for me to believe it. And so we are conditioned. And the Bible says, the carnal mind is enmity. And that word enmity is just a fancy way of saying an enemy of God. The carnal mind. Now, when we hear the world, most of us that come to church, when we hear the word carnal, we think of sinful, right? So when we hear the word carnful minded is, is an enemy of God, well, I'm not really carnful minded because I don't really sin much. That's not what it means. That means sinful mind. The carnal mind means the mind that is judging everything around them based off the senses. It means to be governed by what you see, what you hear, what you feel, what you taste, what you touch. And when you live your life that way, you are an, an, an adversary with God. You are at, at odds with God. Why? Because God is a master at creating things and showing and doing things that don't make sense to the natural mind. I said it last week, I'll say it again. It doesn't make sense that you can go in a, in a bucket of water back there and be put in a bucket of water and come out clean. It doesn't make sense that you can lift your hands, begin to worship, and the Spirit of God can fill you. An invisible God from an invisible heaven can fill you with an invisible spirit. Come on, folks. That doesn't make sense. And God is a master at Never doing things to us that always make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to us. And the problem is, we get so adapt to basing everything in our life based off the senses, based off the, the things that we can judge, and we make decisions based on what we feel. We make decisions about ways what we can think about, hear, taste, touch. But the Bible says, I have not seen. Ear hasn't heard. And I'll go farther than that. It hasn't even entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love Him. And most of the people have used that in reference to the afterlife, but that doesn't what it's talking about in the afterlife. It says, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, it hasn't even entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love it, but it has been revealed to you and I. How? It's been revealed to us by His Spirit. So you know what we need today? 
We need a fresh baptism of the Spirit of God. Because we have become so conditioned. We have become so bogged down in judging everything around us and viewing everything around us from the carnal perspective that we've lost the simplicity of the Spirit to know that there's something down inside of me. I may not change today. Things around me may not change. My circumstances may not change. But if I can get a hold of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, if I can get a hold of Him and He can get down in my Spirit, Something can begin to change in me. Something can begin to change in me. I can be lifted. I can be changed. I can be set free. Will everything in my life become perfect? No, no, no. Because it will never be perfect. But there's something in me that can begin to change today. Change today. That I truly don't have to walk out of these doors the same way I came. That's not just a funny saying. That's not just some cute words. But it's the truth before Almighty God that there is a power that is in this room today and what good of it if we come and we go through the motions and we sing a few songs and we give a cute little message and we all clap our hands and say wasn't that great let's go downstairs and eat but we walk out of here bound in fear in depression overwhelmed stressed out beat up what's the point What's the point? I'm not trying to get mad. I'm frustrated. Because what was the point of us coming here today if all we were going to do is go through the motion? Or was there something about coming here today that, no, listen, I may not have all the answers, but if I can get to where Jesus is, if I can get to where He is, and today, I can push past my fear. I can push past the fatigue. I can push past being overwhelmed. I can push past the trials and the stress and the pressure and the temptation and just reach for Him today. If I can touch Him. If I could just touch Him. If I could just make contact with Jesus. I know. I know, I know, there's no question in my mind, there's no doubt, it's not an if, it's not an and or a but, but I know if I can touch Him, something will change in me today, it will happen today, I know it, it may take a little effort, it may be a little bit of struggle, I may have to, I may have to get out of my comfort zone a little bit, I may not be able just to sit there like I normally do, and play the Christian lottery and hope God touches me today, it may take a little little bit of faith on my part to reach but I know if I can just reach and touch him today today I've got to get something today I can't leave here empty again I can't leave here hungry again I can't leave here feeling this way again I didn't have one sense of notes. I didn't have one stitch. I didn't have one scripture. And I'll say that to be flattering. I mean, I came here today and God interrupted all of this because He was desperate for somebody to get something today. Is there anybody in this place that is willing to get out of your seat and say, listen, I want to exercise my faith. Bring yourself down here. Lift your hands and say, God, you've got to touch me today. 
You've got to touch me today. Is there anybody that needs a touch from God in your life today?